morning, Grace family. I'm talking to you this morning from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where I'm ready to begin my two-week bike adventure. We flew out of LAX here to Pittsburgh uh, yesterday, and we'll go out for a little 20-mile shakedown ride uh, today, and then begin our, our trip uh, in earnest uh, right early tomorrow morning. We'll be leaving Pittsburgh, uh, headed toward Washington, D.C. for the first three days. I'll be riding what's called the Great Allegheny Passage, and then the last three or four days we'll be riding along the CNO Canal. And just looking forward to having a great time with my friends. Uh, I've been talking about this adventure for a year. You've heard me talking about it. And it's finally here, and I'm excited to be here. Going to miss being with you all. And uh, just know that God's going to bless you in my absence. I've invited my good friend, Richard Todd, to come and uh, minister God's word for us this morning. Richard and I have been friends almost all of our lives. We grew up together in the Grace Brethren Church in Long Beach. Richard's three years younger than me, so really in our growing up years, was closer to my brother Roger. But uh, in 1971, I was asked to lead the junior high ministry, and Richard was asked to lead the high school ministry. So we began our earliest day of ministry together, sharing the same office, involved in youth ministry, and uh, growing together in ministry for, for several years before I left to go pastor our church in Sacramento. In 1983, uh, Richard left the church in Long Beach to serve our church in Whittier as a Christian education pastor and in time ultimately became the lead pastor there and uh, currently serves in a really a volunteer capacity uh, helping Pastor Steve Coons at our uptown Whittier church. Uh, Richard's always been up to his eyeballs in ministry and has been a, a kind of an adventure partner with me on many travel trips together and so our friendship uh, goes back a long ways. Uh, he's just a very, very dear and very special friend. It's my privilege uh, to extend to him the opportunity to come and open God's word for you. And so I just want to ask you this morning, please welcome my good friend, Richard Todd. And may God bless your time together this morning. I felt like we were FaceTiming with Pastor Roy. <laughs> See you next week, Pastor Roy. You know, that kind of thing is great. Hey, can we have our kids come up here, our young people? Yep. We'll just pray with them and for them, just right along here. Uh-huh, uh-huh, there you go. You can stand left or right, it doesn't matter. Uh-huh, there you go, there you go. Everybody up here, just single file. All right, uh-huh. Okay, I just want to invite you this, today as we pray for the kids and then we'll uh, excuse them uh, into the children's ministry uh, to just pick one of our young people. Just one of them in your mind. Don't point at them. But, okay, I'm going to invite you to pray for that young person right now. You can pray for all of them, but just one. Um, that God would uh, speak to them this morning. Isn't that what we pray for one another? Start, like Maggie was saying just a few minutes ago, start today. And uh, if you would, remember this young person this week. Pray for them not just this morning as they go off, okay? And this week as they go to school or whatever learning or trips or experiences with their family they'll have, that uh, God would prepare them for what they learn in church today for the opportunities that he, God has for them this week. Isn't that why we're here in church? Uh, to come and be different than we came for the better, of course. Okay, well, let's pray for our young people and then we'll excuse them. Thank you, Lord, for our day and our gathering and for the families that have brought their young people and uh, these kids, Lord. And uh, we pray that uh, they will be touched, they will hear from you this morning, um, and they'll be different 
believe different because they've heard from you. And we pray that for ourselves as well. But these kids and that pattern in their lives, the day that they go to school this week and the various experiences, that it will be shaped and they'll be touched because of what they've learned about you in church today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, kids, God bless you. highways and roads I've driven on uh, many different states with Pastor Roy, even though he's on a bike this week, and uh, uh, if you want to know the weather he's going through today, back east, uh, Victor has uh, a weather report from Philadelphia already, and uh, I hear it's a little rainy there, and uh, Pastor Roy, they all took rain here, they're ready for it, don't worry. Uh, I think all the places I've uh, driven, <coughs> oftentimes, We'll go down a road, especially some of these country roads in Indiana and Ohio, a lot of these states uh, uh, I've been in, and we'll go down the road and all of a sudden we'll pass a white cross. Sometimes I pass white crosses, plural, like three or four in one clump, maybe around a bend in the road on a hill. Almost scary uh, what that means and what that's involved with. I mean, because what do those crosses mean? Uh, they mean somebody died there. The car went off the cliff. Or they went around the road. And uh, uh, we had a family uh, up in uh, Whittier, uh, Dr. Capron. He was a chiropractor in Whittier back in the 1960s. And uh, quite well known here in the Southern California area. Very uh, therapeutic in his work. And uh, they were down in the, in the mountains. And they went around a sharp bend and a logging truck came. There's a wonderful story to go with that, though. Um, uh, a miracle. Um, but uh, a white cross on the road. You know what? A life for the follower of Jesus. For you and I, our, as followers of Jesus, uh, our lives um, are a lot like that. There's moments in our lives where tragedy is struck and... Um, in fact, I think the Bible uh, has moments like that. Um, and why it's so open about the failures of the followers of Jesus. I don't know if you, but uh, when my parents start, uh, started taking me to church, uh, <clears throat> like these kids here this morning, I heard some of the embarrassing moments in the lives of the people of God. Um, can I say white cross moments? King David. A man that had a heart for God. God said it. Not Richard Todd. God said it. But David had. And yet, he was an adulterer. And yet, King David was a murderer. A murderer. And he had a heart for God. What are those moments in his life? White cross moments. Abraham, in Genesis, uh, took his wife to Egypt. And to the king of Egypt, or Pharaoh, uh, lied to him. White cross. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Different 
people, different moments. Moses. Moses, Moses murdered an Egyptian. White cross moment. Peter, one of the followers of Jesus, denied Christ how many times? Three times. White cross moment. In the New Testament, I think one of the most embarrassing passages, the Apostle Paul speaks of one of his disciples, Demas. He says, Demas has abandoned me, having loved this world. He leaves the Apostle Paul and the fellowship of all the disciples. And he goes off to Las Vegas. <laughs> Might as well have. That's what he loved. A white cross moment in the life of Demas. Do you follow? I've had a few of those moments in my life. Perhaps you have too. In Florida, they have some signs along the highway. Many states do. They're with text now. And um, some of the highways where they've had some white crosses, it'll say, uh, the, the board will just say, arrive safely. Maybe you'll have a driver, you know. When I see signs like that, uh, I just, uh, arrive safely. I figured it's a dangerous area, or it's a slippery, or uh, it's a blind turn coming up. I, I grip the steering wheel a lot tighter, I'll tell you that. And I look a lot more intent than I did a mile or two before I saw that sign. Yeah, yeah. Arrive alive. There it is. What's it saying? You want to arrive safely. There's the goal. Arrive safe. Uh, we want, we, the state, want, we want you to make it. We don't want an accident. We don't want to put a white cross up here. And I think that's what God's saying in this most well-known passage I can think of in the Old Testament. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And we'll get it up on the screen for you so you can see it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will what? He will make your paths straight. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Would you read it out loud with me? We'll say the reference at the end, okay? But out loud. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Arrive alive. Arrive safely. Arrive healthy. <laughs> Arrive in one piece. <laughs> yeah. I think of that. You arrive alive. My senior year in high school, I had my three best friends. Pastor Roy's brother. And one of his brothers is now deceased. One of his brothers who's still alive. I didn't kill him. But I was on the 10th San Bernardino Freeway back then. And um, I fell asleep at the wheel of my Volkswagen. And I almost killed the guy. My friends. Yeah. So what's the formula for a successful life? God, the promise is this. God will go before us and He will work 
to give us the assurance that we can arrive safely. The promise that God will work and give us the assurance that we can arrive safely. There it is. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, right? And don't lean on your own understanding. Trust how? In the Lord. God will take the responsibility. There's the message for you. God will do it. There's an old Christian song that uh, many people have sung in many Christian associations and churches, Baptist and Calvary Chapel. God will take care of you. Of you. Of me. There it is. And he shall direct your gods. There it is. Uh, he'll take care of you. <laughs> You'll make it. He'll get you there. If God's going to do something, you've got to do something, though. God will guide me, but you've got to give him the opportunity to guide you. He'll direct your paths if you allow him to. It's a cooperative effort. We do something and God does something. That's it. Divine involvement is based on our involvement with God. That bumper sticker, I love it. If you feel far from God, guess who moved? I love it. They're a great reminder to me in my life. And yet there are some people that say, Ah, if God wants me to get to a certain place, he'll get, he'll get me there, regardless of what I do. I don't see that. Uh, there's only one problem with that. That's not in the Bible. That's not scriptural. I've heard churches say, uh, God wants us to have this man as our pastor. It doesn't matter what we do because we'll have him because that's the way God works. Israel wanted a king, right? And God gave him the king. He said, you're going to have certain troubles and problems. And, and God gave him a king. And they, you know the consequences, don't you? Think, think of King Saul. Psalm 106, if you want to read it sometime. God gave them what they requested, but then He gave them a leanness of their soul. I said it. I believe it. That uh, when a man surrendered the Lord, when a man or woman has surrendered the Lord, and you seek God's will for your life, God will make sure you find it. Don't worry about God. He'll do His part. God's not going to pull you up and turn you around and say, go this way. Don't go that way. God's not going to lead you off track. He won't do that. Okay, if you get off track, you say, well, what if I get off track in my life? Can God bring something good out of it? Oh, absolutely. That's Romans 8.28. And we know that all things God is working. In the language the New Testament is written in, it says God is working all things together to come out for good. He'll make it happen. You say, well, if I fall and break my arm, it'll heal. And some people have said, my arm will be stronger for it afterwards. But that isn't how God prefers you to live your life. He prefers you to live your life out. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. Don't break your arm. See, it's conditional. He'll direct your paths, but there's some things you must do. I'll say it again. He'll direct your paths, but there are some things you must do. First of all, there's a principle. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
So we start there. You see, everything else is an amplification of trust in the Lord with all your heart. All your heart. God's working to get you there to trust in Him. Sometimes we don't want to trust in the Lord. And it's the hardest lesson, isn't it? To trust the Lord. I've always said, uh, a fellow won't trust the Lord until he has to. A gal won't trust the Lord until he has to. Richard Todd won't trust the Lord until he has to. I've been there. Yeah. But when I have to, what do I do? See, I hope I turn to the Lord. I hope you turn to the Lord. I hope you turn to the Lord before that. But oftentimes we don't until we have to. There's something about our fallen nature. I mean, who, uh, the broken parts of our life. And we're all a piece of work. Uh, um, there's something about our brokenness in the fall that I'm inclined to trust myself first. And only as a last resort do I trust the Lord. Like the hiker that was hiking in the mountains, and I, Pastor Roy may have told you about But the guy, the guy was hiking in the mountains, and he slipped off the trail and slid down 30 feet and grabbed on a bush and held on, and because of the next drop was 100 feet. And uh, he was holding on, and he was looking around, and uh, he knew he could stand there for a while, but he knew forever the bush wouldn't hold, or the ledge wouldn't, or he'd have to let go, and he'd fall asleep or something. Finally... He realized uh, he was losing his grip. So he called out and he said, God, is there a God? If there is, uh, help me. And a voice came out of heaven right then. Not before, not after, but right then said, Do you need help? <laughs> he looked and he said, Is that you, God? <laughs> I need help. I've been waiting for you. The voice said, Save me! <laughs> when I had my accident, I prayed that prayer. My car, my VW was spinning on the 10 freeway. Um, and I thought we were all going to die. And I said, God, save me! Well, this guy did that as he was losing his grip uh, and starting to go into the free fall down the 100-foot drop. He said, God, save me. And the voice from heaven said, the word he didn't want to hear. Let go! <laughs> Let go! He's holding on for life. Let go! And so the guy hanging on the rope says, Is there anybody else up there? <laughs> Save me. Trust how? Trust in the Lord. Trust first. But sometimes we don't trust first. We trust last in the Lord. We are losing our grip and we call to heaven. That's right. And even then, we think of some other way to try to trust. Cast yourself totally on the Lord. There it is. How do you trust? Trust totally. Can I say you trust earnestly? Yes. Earnestly. All your heart. How much of your heart? All your heart. And you can see it in the scriptures. Is it on quantity? Trust morning, noon, and night? And sometimes on Saturdays? Trust only on Sundays? Trust fragmented? No. All your heart. 
It's all or nothing. Every fiber cast it on the Lord and trust in Him. Trust earnestly. And may I suggest also, as you know this verse, trust exclusively. Lean not under your own understanding. How do you trust? Not on anything anybody else up there? That's not exclusive. The root meaning is lean not on your own understanding. Don't lean on it. No crutch. No walker spiritually. No trust in your own intelligence. That's it. Uh, you face a situation. Uh, you need some insight. Uh, uh, you need some discernment. And you've studied the matter. And you say, well, I'm leaning on my own knowledge. I'm leaning on my own understanding. Uh, don't do it. It's the wrong way to do it. You say, um, I've heard people say, yes, I'm trusting the Lord. Many times I've heard people say that. And I have to ask them a few questions. Turns out they aren't. We're living a life of trust. Not on your own understanding. There's a young gal. She knows the Bible through and through. Grew up in the church. Faithful Christian. Faithful in her church attendance. She's an example of what a young Christian ought to be. One day she meets a young man. She falls in love with him. He's not a churchgoer. He's not a follower of Jesus. He's not a Christian. And she says, I'm going to marry him. To the church leaders and the pastor. The Bible says, be not unequally yoked together. It's very clear. The Bible is. And she knows the Bible verse. It's in the Bible. She says, but I'm trusting the Lord. I'm believing the Lord to save him. The Lord led me to him. And I love him. And he loves me. I believe the Lord gave him to me. And I'm going to trust the Lord to bring all this together. You've heard the song by Debbie Boone. It can't, you light on my life. It can't be wrong when it feels so right. I'm going to trust the Lord to save him. You see what she's saying? You see the violation of lean not on your own understanding? She knows the Bible, but she's leaning on her own intelligence and her own insight. I've seen it numerous times. I'm trusting the Lord to save him. But we're going to date and plan our engagement in the meantime. She's not trusting the Lord. She's leaning on her own understanding. I guarantee you. You see, it's difficult to live a life of faith and lean on your own understanding. The Bible says, don't lean on it. Faith and reason. Faith and reason. Faith and reason. The Bible teacher of the one of the great churches in the city where Pastor Roy is today, Philadelphia, G. Campbell Morgan, a great Bible teacher of a previous generation. Faith and reason. Use reason. Faith and reason are not opposites. But reason will only take you so far. Faith will take you the rest of the journey. There it is. 
Some people say reason is opposite faith. No, that's that's not right. You come to the place reason can take you so far, and then you you move on in faith. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's the principle. Secondly, besides the principle of trust in the Lord with all your heart, there's a practice. You've got something you've got to practice in your life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean on Him to your own understanding. And then, verse 6, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. A principle, trust in the Lord. The practice, acknowledge Him. In all your ways. Negatively, don't lean on your own understanding. Positively, acknowledge Him. What's the trust in the Lord? The seed. There it is. Acknowledge Him. Recognize Him. See Him in your life. See God in all your ways. Every time you take a step, you're to see God. I know sometimes people get on their knees in the morning. Uh, they pray, Lord, I'm reporting for duty. You and I are going through this day together. There it is. So what happens along the way in your life if you don't, in all your ways, acknowledge Him? You say, well, I didn't see the Lord. I saw the agonies. I saw the problems in my life. I saw the heartaches. I saw the opposition. I saw the enemy, the devil in my life attacking. I saw the curves in the road. I saw the barriers. I didn't see God. The secret in all of this, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. The secret is seeing God and saying, God, I see you in my life. I meet with a group of men and the various groups of men and people I've met with. One of the first questions we share with each other in the journey of meeting regularly in life is, where did God show up in your life this week? Where did you see God? Where did God meet you? See, that's the story in Genesis uh, with Jacob and the Lord's angel coming to Jacob. It's with over and over again, the word of the coming to Jonah. Go to Nineveh. See? The word of the Lord. The Lord appearing. uh, Appearing to Joseph. The woman you were engaged to. Yes, marry her. Stop and say, Lord, I want to see you in my day. Lord, I want to see you in this decision I have to make. That gal that wanted to marry that unbelieving guy, uh, that wasn't the prayer she was praying. Lord, I know what you're doing. I know what you're trying to say to me. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. What does it mean? It means that we respond to Him. In all your ways, respond to Him. Realize God's in it. God, I know you're in this. I'm struggling. I just need to see your hand. I need to see you. I know you're here. How could I complain? How could I get angry? How could I myself to lean only on my things or be plunged into despair or depression or anger? Lord, I want to respond to you. That's the attitude of faith. The sermon doesn't need to go much longer. But the practice needs to start. 
There's a principle, trust in the Lord. There's a practice, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. Him. Not me, not your pastor, uh, not your Sunday school teacher, your discipler. Acknowledge Him in your life. And what will happen? He will make your path straight. Of course, King James. I learned in the King James. And uh, some of these things, once you learn a verse, it, it can be confusing to try to relearn it in another translation. The attitude of trust will bring supernatural guidance from the Lord. The attitude of trust will bring supernatural guidance from the Lord. I guarantee it. And when you come to the place where you recognize God, in all your ways acknowledge Him, He'll do what? Make your path straight. Let's say that verse one more time. Out loud with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Number one verse that I have discovered. What I ask, have asked uh, believers over many decades. What is the verse in the Bible that you cling to that helps you in your journey with the Lord as a follower of Jesus? Of course, all of us in our generation. And thank you, Billy Graham and others. John 3.16. And thank you, In-N-Out Burgers. <laughs> on the bottom of the cup, if you ever turn them over, don't, don't turn them over. It's full. But when it's empty, turn over. Before you fill it up, uh, John 3.16. Thank you, In-N-Out, for that reminder. But Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Number one verse. The verse that has helped and helping Christians, at least in my lifetime and our generation, are saying Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 has helped them. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways and God. In all your ways. Now you got a decision you're going to make this week? You have a struggle? You have a conflict? Lord, I... I think I know what I need. I just want to know it's you that says uh, leading me and guiding me. Uh, Lord, I want to see your hand in this matter. Uh, that's what. How have you seen God uh, uh, in your life this week? That's me for Bible studies, home fellowship groups. Uh, that's one of the first things. Uh, where did God show up? That's right. Where did God show up? And when you come to that place where you say, Lord, I want to see you, He directs your paths. He will direct your paths if He hasn't. And He does direct your paths, doesn't He? Yes. That's the divine promise. Arrive alive. God will take care of you, I guarantee you. Would you pray with me? And Lord, thank you for the promise. We need that promise. The principle, Lord, of trusting you. Forgive us for the times we haven't trusted you and we've turned our backs on you. Lord, there's crosses along the road of life. Not only for King David and Demas and Peter and Moses, but Richard Todd as well. And Lord, I pray that we will learn more of trusting you in these days, especially 
the journey of life we've gone through in our world with this uh, virus, this COVID in the last year, where some of our dear friends have been in hospitals and convalescent homes, not allowed any visitors. But you've been there, Lord. And I pray you will manifest your spirit to those of us who have been isolated and wondered, God, where are you in my isolation? That you would remind us, God will take care of you. Thank you for that care. And we pray, and I pray, that these people, that we be known more and more as a church, that trust in the Lord. And you make our paths free in every decision we have to make. In Jesus' name, amen.
thank you all for coming today. I just want to make a couple of announcements, a couple of birthdays coming up. Sandra Molina, uh, Thursday, October the 7th. Lulu is having a birthday also on the 8th, this Friday. This year, wish her a happy birthday. Also, um, just want to encourage you all, the calendar that comes in this week's bulletin, to keep it put on your refrigerator to remind you what's going on. Heights of Grace will be going out this coming Sunday. Interesting story as we went ahead and applied uh, with the city, or not with the city, with the organizers of the farmer's market to bring a prayer booth there, an information booth, and they denied it. They told us we could not do that at this particular time. They weren't allowing for that. However, they did uh, offer if we could do some type of an activity there, that they would honor that. So we came up with the thing we normally do at Oil Heights, which is uh, paint uh, pumpkins for the kids, with no charge, obviously. And they thought that was a great idea. So we're back in. First they didn't want us in, now they want us in. So this Sunday we will be doing that. We will be uh, doing, or Saturday, we will be doing the uh, pumpkin painting on, on this Saturday. So those of you that want to join us, please come out. I know there's another activity going on, the mugs and muffins also that morning. Uh, another thing that you want to keep in mind is that Ellen is coming this week. And she will be here on Tuesday, October the 12th. Um, as well and those of you that want to visit Linda Downs apparently Victor has posted something here that you can set up an appointment to actually go see her I would encourage those of you that have an opportunity to do that to do so any of you that would like to host Alan for a day or something just to spend the time with her you can do that as well we will be hosting her but if there's anybody else that wants to spend some time with her Feel free to, to let us know because this will, may actually be the last time we see her for quite a while. Lord willing, we'll see her again, but we don't know. So, if you're interested in any of that stuff, let us know. I'm going to pray us out. Um, am I here? Yes. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, Richard's message today. Um, that we should trust in you and only you. Um, we're going through a very difficult time. I know and my wife and I have been going back and forth with um, just uh, all of the things that are being mandated for the um, healthcare workers in Southern California and in L.A. And we just want to put that um, at, at, on, on you. We want you to guide that. We, we are struggling with it. And a lot of the times we just forget that, as Richard said, don't wait till the last minute. Don't wait till you're in dire need to turn to God. It should be the first place we turn to. That we should trust in Him with all our hearts. And we should not lean on our own understanding, our own opinion, but really just put it at the foot of the cross and just depend on you. I pray as we go through this week, we'll stay focused on that. That the opportunities that the Lord gives us to share Jesus with those around us in our workplace, schools, uh, markets, wherever we go, that we'll stay focused on you and that and you only. That every step we take, as, as uh, Maggie described, that we'll be reminded of what Jesus has already done. In Jesus' name we pray. Have a great week.